Isn't it so nice to, to come in and be able to get life from people and from God? We had a really rough weekend. Let me, yeah, I, we got kind of kicked in the teeth yesterday. Um, no, we got kicked in the heart yesterday. But before I go into that, let me just pray. And let me just give you a little bit of background as to who I am and and why Cody's not here, for those of you that missed that. And just see what God wants to do this morning. Is that all right? Yeah. Well, Father, Jesus, Spirit, sometimes life just hurts. And sometimes we feel very alone, sometimes we feel very forgotten. Sometimes we really aren't sure if you're good. But thank you for places like this and people like this that are living embodiments of your goodness. That's my prayer for this morning, that whatever you want to say to us, that you would say it. And more importantly, whoever you want us to be, that we would be it. Because people really need to see your goodness. Because so often it's really hard. So come and speak and move and, yeah, like Greg shared, thank you for sharing that, by the way, Greg. Um, I'm not really good at being in control either. I'm not a fan of being in control. So do your thing. Take the reins. Move and speak. Express your heart to us this morning. Yeah. I would, I'd love you guys to be thinking about something. So... I just found out, well, here's what I'd like you to think about. What makes community so beautiful? And if you've been part of Coastlands for a while, I'd love to, actually, we'd like to give time in a little bit to hear from some people. What is it about this community that keeps you coming back here instead of the other places you could go? Because there's obviously something. There's other, there's other options. You could go to Shoreline. You could drive to Slow. You could go up to Cayucas or Cambria, but there's other options, but you, for some reason you come here. I think it's really important for us to hear why that is, to be reminded of who we are, because we're in a big transition right now as a community. This is Cody, our founding pastor's first official Sunday down in Oceanside, and I'm sure they are having a blast with him right now, and we are missing him right now. So how do we sit in that reality that there's a change coming, that there's a change that we're in the midst of? So they, they announced uh, last Sunday that I was the pastor. I had no idea. No, I'm just kidding. I did, but um, we kind of did. And we're really excited. But it's like we've been given this thing, and, and I'm just looking around, and I'm like, how do, I just don't want to break this. Jesus, all I need to do is just not break whatever you're doing here. Just help me not to break it, because it's so beautiful, and, and, and I don't know about you guys, but it might even be a little fragile right now with the transition, because change is never easy, is it? Some people like change and handle change better than others, but change is never something that you're like, hey, let's just go change everything, just for the fun of it. I mean, if you're like that, then maybe there's some things God wants to heal in your heart, because that's kind of, that's, that's me. I like to, I like change, but it's because... God is helping me learn to be grounded and stable. And one of the things that's so hard about change is change is always associated with loss. 
whenever you're moving into something new, we also have to be okay with grieving what we're stepping away from. And we need to be okay with that process. And so it's okay if you guys are like, you know what, I don't know what that dude is doing up there. I miss Cody. I miss Cody. But who are we called to be? And how do we really reckon with, grapple with the reality that there's something new God has for us and there's something beautiful God has taken us through but is also taking us into? That's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of what I'm thinking about. Let me give you a little bit of background as to why this community thing is so important for me. So I probably shouldn't project this onto my shirt, so let me scoot over. But can you kind of see that? So this is, this is where I come from. This is Xi'an, China, where I lived for almost five years. And yeah, it's not super clear in there, but those skies are not blue. <laughs> those are deep gray. Maybe charcoal, kind of like this <laughs> sometimes. Uh, we lived on the 22nd floor. This is a, a photo from our window. And sometimes you'd look out the window. It was amazing that we could see that far. I have another photo in my iPhoto album of these mountains. And the reason we took that picture was because it took us four months to know the mountains were there. I was standing in the kitchen one day, and Sarah yells to me. She's like, husband, come check this out. And I'm like, what? And she yell, like, what? And she calls me into the back room, and she's like, we have mountains. I was like, what? We lived there four or five months. So... A little bit different from Morro Bay. But it was a beautiful thing. I mean, so I'll just, I'll show you a few snapshots. We're going back in four days. We're going back on Thursday, just for a month. Has nothing to do with wanting to leave you guys. It has everything to do with wanting to go back to them and to her and to them. That's Zachary, by the way. How much does that look like Nathan? Is that crazy? Oh. Yeah, well, we need to change the settings on this for future reference, but you can kind of see enough, right? They're just glowing. They just have that natural glow. (laughs) But really, I mean, in the midst of the smog and the the dirt all around and, and everything that we didn't like about China, there was something that made us so almost traumatized when we had to leave. And it was... It was this, it was this group of people, it was the we had community in a way that we had never experienced before. You ever experienced a group of people in which you can be entirely, completely safe and honest and say whatever is really on your heart and know that nobody's going to judge you? Is there anything better than that? There's really not. We experienced that, and so when God called us away to here, we knew nobody. We moved in to a house up on Hemlock. We did not know a single person here in Morro Bay. Now this is what's crazy. Think about this for a minute. How many people spend decades of their lives working so that they can one day move from wherever they are, move to the coast, have a house that overlooks the ocean, and that's like the goal of life, right? You ever known anybody that that's what life is all about? Yeah. So... I was experiencing that as a 30-year-old. I'm living in a house on the beach overlooking the ocean. And as I'm looking out over Morro Rock, you know what I'm thinking? Man, we might need to move to Fresno. Yeah, (laughs) Fresno representatives, good to see you guys. 
But I was seriously thinking, we might need to move to Fresno. Isn't that a little counterintuitive for anybody else? No offense, I grew up in Madeira, so I can say things like this. You guys understand. Or we're thinking maybe we need to move to Denver. And I'm sitting here looking at the ocean. Are you kidding me? And I realized that the most important thing was missing. Without this one thing, all of this other stuff was so empty. There was no one to share it with. Yes, we had our family, but our family, we were spoiled. We were so spoiled. We were able to share life with people like this. And we come and we're looking over the ocean and it's like, hey, check. Oh, right. And it was literally actually, I was looking in my journal a few, maybe a few days ago. Even up until 13 months ago, April of last year, my wife and I were still seriously considering moving back to Denver or Fresno. If you remember from Sunday, that was a, basically a few weeks before we walked through the store for the first time. And walking through these doors changed everything for us. Walking through these doors changed everything for us. And community is, is one of those things that you appreciate it when you have it. You appreciate it to a certain extent, but when you, I want to say this right, when you need it and you don't have it, that's when you really feel it. You guys know what I'm talking about, don't you? When you really need community and you don't have it, that's when all of a sudden reality just hits you in the face, like, wait a minute. I think maybe something's off here. There needs to be a deep recalibration of my life, my circumstances. And I, I wanted you guys to, I wanted to let you in on what happened to us yesterday so you can be praying for us and so that you can kind of know why I might be a little scattered this morning. Um, but more importantly, because I need you guys to know because that's part of community, right? One of the things that's really held my life together is this quote that says, you can only be loved to the extent that you're known. And we'll have to unpack that sometime in the future, but I've come to realize that that's so true. You can only be loved to the extent that you're known because if you aren't known, then really it's just a representation. It's just a mask. It's just a projection that people are loving. And the love never really hits the core of who you are. You can only be loved to the extent that you're known. So you guys need to know that in the midst of all this, so we leave for China on Thursday. Very excited to go back and, and see a lot of these people. And it's, some of you guys are like, you're, you're excited about going to China. Like my, my family, they can't get it through their heads that it could be refreshing for us to go to China. But it has nothing to do with the 36 hours of travel. It has nothing to do with the... Yeah, the smog, the pollution that wrecked my immune system, it has everything to do with the people. And we're sad to leave you guys, but we will come back better people by spending time with them. So let me get back to yesterday again. Because you only, you really appreciate community when you feel the need for it. So we were over at our school, Josh, and, Josh is in second grade at the Montessori school, the charter school over uh, where Shoreline meets, and we were doing a, a bike-a-thon thing, and I was announcing, and the kids just riding their bikes around and around, and we just moved on to a different portion of, of the event. And I, I get a phone call, and I didn't recognize, on the caller ID, I didn't recognize the number. It was 605 area code from South Dakota. 
And we have family, Sarah's father and, and stepmom live in South Dakota. And I almost hung up the phone. I just almost declined the call. But something inside of me said, grab this call. Someone inside of me said, grab this call. And I was, about to, I was thinking, you know, when you're about to answer the phone and you, you already have kind of your excuse as to why you can't talk, you have that on speed dial and you're, you're about to, it's kind of like, all right, well, hey, I just have a minute. What's up? Well, it was that kind of tone with which I answered the phone. And it was Sarah's stepmom. She said, Chris, it's Sandra. Can I talk to Sarah? And I could tell immediately something was wrong. And so I, I didn't know if, because there can, I don't want to say too much about the family dynamics, but, but I, I wanted to buffer Sarah from anything that she might not need to be carrying in that time. With, you know, if you know a little bit about our story, we're carrying plenty, according to kind of, yeah, the last few months. But so I handed her the phone, and I actually told her some of them. I was like, well, she's holding the baby. She might just have only a few minutes. But yeah, here she is. So and I had this sinking suspicion that whatever it was, it was really bad. But I, I wouldn't have guessed this. So I handed Sarah the phone, and, and soon as she puts the, the phone to her ear, she just goes white, like just goes pasty white. And she, I looked up at her, and I'm just like, kind of, you know, trying to still all the distractions around me. And I, and I just look at her, and she mouths the words, my dad just died. So she got up and, and walked away to get some space. And, and I'm just, I go into like crisis kind of slash fix-it mode. And, and I'm crying and thinking about her. And like, OK, well, we have the boys. And she's got Nathan. And now what? What do you do with this? And, we were talking to a friend. Uh, one of our best friends in China, she FaceTimed us last night when she heard about this. And, and as we were talking, she was like, the, you know, the word that really describes your life over the last few months, you guys, is, is the word brutiful. <laughs> because there's so much brutality going on in your midst right now, but there's so many beautiful things. And, and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty appropriate word. <laughs> life feels really brutiful to us right now. Sarah's dad was, we had no idea this was coming. He's 63. And he's a firefighter. He works in Wyoming with inmates. He does the, they do the prison release. So they, they send the inmates out, and he's in charge of the inmates as they go out and fight the wildfires. Like, I mean, talking fires that, on these pine trees, flames 250 feet high. And he's doing this as a 62, 63-year-old man. And he had been getting in shape. He had lost about 30, 40 pounds. He's 6'4", 6'5". He had weighed about a little over 300, lost about 30, 40 pounds, getting in shape for this. And he was doing his pack test, 45-pound pack, three-mile hike. And apparently, at some point during the hike, he had a massive heart attack. Never saw it coming. If this would have happened 13 months ago, I don't know how we would make it through. The ocean doesn't do you much good when you've just lost your father. Moral rock doesn't do you much good when you've just lost your father. A house on the beach doesn't do you much good when you've just lost your father. It's when you need community. 
So Betty Fry was one of the first. Sarah sent out a text, and for those of you that got the text and responded, we, that was so life-giving to us. Thank you. And it's one of those things like, what do you even do? How do you even move forward with something like this? And that's one reason community is so important. So Betty called, and, and she called my phone because she, she wanted to give Sarah her space, and she's like, what can we do for you guys? Betty just had hip replacement surgery. And she's like, how can I take care of you? I'm like, seriously, woman? <laughs> With all respect. <laughs> like, seriously? You're asking how you can serve us right now? She's like, will you guys come over? We'd love to have you come over. And I looked at Sarah, because usually Sarah, she just goes internal. She just kind of just goes inside and starts to process. And, and as soon as Betty said that, I looked at her, and she goes, yeah, I'd really like that. So we spent, what, five, six hours at your guys' place? And one of the most beautiful moments of yesterday, two beautiful moments, um, but one of those was as soon as we walked up, Mike was outside. He was getting something out of his truck, and as we pulled up, <laughs> as we pulled up, Mike came down, and as Sarah was getting, Mike opened the door for Sarah, and, and Sarah got out of the car, and, and he just held her, and she just broke and just started weeping in his arms, and Mike might not have heard this, but Sarah said this about two men in here. She said, one of the first things that I loved about Mike and about Greg Egger is that they both remind me so much of my dad. And so when you came and you held my wife, Moral Rock couldn't do that. <laughs> that would hurt. <laughs> So we stayed there for four or five hours and processed through logistics and processed through. And, and the thing I loved about Betty, Betty came out and she came out in her walker and Sarah immediately was like, that does not fit you. <laughs> that does not suit you. <laughs> She's like, you're right. I'm like, get rid of that thing. Yesterday. But Betty came out and she's laughing. And I'm like, only Betty. Only Betty Fry can do that. Can come out of a room in a walker, with a walker, when someone's dad just died, it comes out laughing. And you're just like, that's exactly what we needed right now. So we hung out there for, yeah, four or five hours. And then uh, we got home, and my dad's actually in the back. Say hi, Pops. The guy that looks like me, but with a little bit less hair. Um, well, I guess his hair just is lower. Yeah. Uh, so my dad came out, and, and it, it's been, I cherish his visit so much more today than I could have, even if it was Friday. And so my dad came and gave Sarah a huge hug, and once again, just that, my wife needing this acknowledgement that you are not forgotten by a father. This probably doesn't feel anything like a teaching to you guys. You're like, I wasn't really expecting to come here. This guy just get all raw with us this morning. I know you guys didn't come to, uh, well, you didn't come here for church. You came for an awesome baptism, which will be amazing. But, but I hope you hear in my heart that the thing underlying all of this is that community is so crucial. It's so indispensable. And what kind of people are we? Will we be those people as Coastlands Community Church? This is the thing that's on my heart to, to paraphrase or to kind of modify a quote by Erwin McManus. Because there are people around us 
they are going through things in life and they're saying, God cannot be good. If this is happening, I am convinced that God is not good. And I want my life and I want our lives to be the things that they look at and they say, I am convinced that God is not good, but yet I can't explain you. I just can't explain you. That's what you guys have done for us. So thank you. Thanks for letting your your brand new pastor come up and cry. Because community is about more than me just giving some, some fancy teaching, right? I need you guys right now. And I hope you're okay with that. I hope you're okay with that. My wife really needs you guys right now. She's on a plane. She's on her second flight right now. Well, or in a couple minutes, she'll be going on her second flight of three with a three-month-old. <laughs> to come back Wednesday, to leave Thursday for 36 more hours of travel. We could use your guys' prayers. And we would never be able to do this without you guys behind us, launching us out and knowing that you have our backs. Sarah was telling me just one quick thing because you guys are probably wondering how she's handling it or if you aren't, then can I tell you anyways? Um, but she's, she's a strong beast emotionally. She, she, she's very resilient, but yesterday was rough. Yesterday was, you can imagine, yesterday was kind of the bomb drops and you grapple with and, and bargain and you know, all the stages of grief mix into one big clump of just thunderstorm. And... This morning she woke up and we were able to talk about it a little more and we cried less and everything. But, so she was on the flight. and Well, before she even got on the flight, she's like, I'm just going to go and be strong for my family. I just need to go and be strong for my family right now. She's processing through her father dying and she's thinking, man, this has got to be so tough on my stepmom. I'm like, seriously, that's where your mind goes? When this happens to you? So she's going to be strong for her family, but... She was thinking on the flight, she texted me, she's like, the word that I kept thinking about as I thought about my dad is the word faithful. He was just a faithful man. And, and she went into the restroom to change Nathan's diaper, and of course Nathan does what, only, what Nathan does best, which is what? Make friends, right? And draw you in. And that's, that was an analogy I wanted to kind of us to think about as to what we're called to be as a church. I think Nathan is really, is it, who's, Nathan's kind of like our, our adopted, he's like the, the mascot, the, the grandson of, or son of our community. And, but I was thinking about he's a representation of what we're called to be because you cannot get within like 10 feet of Nathan without being sucked into the gravitational pull of his love. Have you guys experienced that? Yeah. And I feel like that's what we're called to be. We're called to be those people that as soon as people get within a certain vicinity of us, it's like, <laughs> and they can't help but smile and feel loved and valued because we show them how special they are. And Nathan just does that better than anybody I know. And so he's just lying there getting his diaper changed, and he pulls this woman into his gravitational field, you know, and, and this, this lady and Sarah are talking, and, and Sarah just, as the lady was on her way out, Sarah's like, what's your name, by the way? And the lady goes, my name is Faith. And Sarah just sent me a big old smile, and she's just like, Jesus is giving me what I need, right? 
and she's sitting in the group in, a, in the midst of a group of people right now that are all speaking Mandarin. <laughs> she likes that. That's a good thing for her. So, so Jesus is with us, but the primary way, going back to what you shared, Greg, the primary way that Jesus is loving on us in the season is through you guys and your text messages and your prayers and your hugs and all of those things in your, how can we help somebody say, I have no idea. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you for that. And we will appreciate and do appreciate your prayers. And I, I want to kind of step back now from my story and, and give you all a few minutes. Some of you guys, maybe you haven't been to Coastlands before, and so maybe you want to share something about the community you have. But I would love to hear from some people, what is it about this community that makes it what it is? What keeps you coming back here? What is the thing that you love about who God has brought together here? What makes us who we are? Can we take some time and just, just kind of hear from one another? Just be reminded of who God's called us together to be? Who'd like to start us off? Yeah. I wish I could pass my microphone around, but I don't want to kind of just put my... Yeah, somebody else. What what is it? Yeah, Sharon. You can't do that. This is church. Anybody was planning on taking teaching notes? Could you jot some of these words down and get them to me somehow? Yeah. Is some, Beth, are you doing that or can you do that? 
Yeah. Are you going to share? Are you going to? Are you volunteering to scribe, or are you going to share, or both? Please. Awesome. Laboratory. I love that description. Yeah. Yeah, Al. So, uh, from, you know, when we first started having meetings like three years ago, that's the time, time frame. Uh, the one thing that we touched on, because we've been at a church for 25 years and uh, never felt relieved. And, uh, hmm. I love the piece about where the expectation lies. Because I'm, I promise you, I will disappoint you. I'm, I'm just, probably already have, right? But that's, that's inevitable. We're all going to let each other down. Great. Because that's part of being real. So where are we projecting our expectations? Where are we placing our hopes? Yeah, it's a... I, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I've already said that, so now I have to say it. I would never go online to pastorjobs.com and just apply to be a pastor somewhere. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't do that. The reason that I threw my name in the hat when Cody announced that he was leaving was because there's something special about this group of people here. I don't feel called to be a pastor in a general sense of the pastoral calling. I feel called to bring whatever I have to bring, whatever God's put in me and whatever God's put in Sarah. We feel called to bring whatever that is to you guys because we are committed to you. And I hope that that takes some expectation off of, it takes expectations off of myself because I'm like, all I can do is be me. All you can do is be you. Sprawl that on the back like the beat up dude in the Good Samaritan. And it's beautiful. It speaks to Shara when you just be out. Yeah. So expectation is a huge thing. Who are we and who are we looking for and towards? Yeah. I love this, you guys. I love, yeah, a few others. What, what makes us who we are? Why do you come here? 
because you're, you're behind a, a kind of taller fellow, um, can you speak up a little bit since I can't see your mouth moving? Thank you. So sorry. And so uh, what is special for me here is that some I've known here for 10 years, I've known them, I've had a relationship with them for 20 years, and some I've just met. But they know someone that I've known for 25 years, and they've been friends with that person for 10 years. And so um, it's a network of people that are kind of bonded together. Of course, it's a narrative. It's beautiful, huh? Yeah, you're kind of adopted into this big family. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Thank you. Yeah, a couple more. Yeah, let's let's work our way this way since we've been hanging out on this side. Yeah, case okay, There's lots of different levels of knowing, isn't there? And sometimes it's beautiful just to know in your heart something's right, even if you don't have the words, huh? Yeah, that's awesome. Ten years, what a process. Yeah, let's, we're going to make our way. Yeah, Brandon.
Thank you. Thank you. And I love that you're getting to the point where you... I love that Jesus has healed you and been healing you in this place. I feel the same way. Yeah. Have you noticed, so something Brandon mentioned, you could have a thousand people all singing songs. Jesus didn't say, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am. You know that? He didn't say that. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name. And you can gather, but there's a difference between gathering for the sake of gathering and gathering for the sake of Jesus and each other. That's who we are. And there's nothing like that. One more. There's somebody. Yeah. I agree. Thank you, Scott. They're, raw is good. That's, that's the new thing we need to put on our website. <laughs> raw is good. Yeah. Man. I, I want to give us a few minutes to, to pray for each other and to, to share. Um, but can I... All right. Can I pull the cat, pastor card for like 30 seconds? right now? That's the only time I ever will, I promise. Because I, by the way, my, my official title is going to be community architect instead of pastor. Is that all right? Somebody said no. <laughs> Do with it what you will. Um, <laughs> that's true. That's very true. And one of the ways that you all can help me lead, one of the ways we can lead each other is by thinking and praying over the next few months because it's going to look a little different. So my wife and I will be in China for a month. We get back June 22nd. Um, you'll have an opportunity to hear from some amazing people that I'm really glad we record all these talks. Make sure these talks get recorded, please. Adam is going to be sharing next Sunday. Adam Russ. And I'm so bummed that I... Did you know that? <laughs> hey, bro. <laughs> so, news to him, but... Um, we have, we have an opportunity over the next few months to hear from people that don't necessarily get to share from up front as much, and I'm really bummed that I'm not going to be here for that. But I would love for you all to be praying about what does God have in store for us as we move into the next season of who we are as a community? What does God, and here's the, I love the term church plant. 
Because I think a plant is the best analogy for what we're called to be. I think we're always going to be a church plant. You know why? Because when you plant a seed, the plant doesn't change. It simply becomes more of what it's always been. When you plant a seed, the plant simply becomes more of what it's always been. And so there are things planted. There's a seed that's been planted here. And over the next few years, we're going to blossom and not become a different Coastlands because Cody and Michelle are moving on to something else. We're going to become more of who we've always been. So how does God want to blossom us and what is our role in that process? That's what I'd like you guys to be praying about over the next few months. I'm excited about it. I'm with you. I am so excited about where God's going to take us. I wouldn't have signed up if I wasn't. Like, oh, well, let's just hop on this train as it's headed off a cliff. No way. This is something amazing that God is up to. And we're in it together. So your homework is to be praying and be thinking about who are we called to become as we become more of ourselves. What does Coastlands look like a year from now? 